Hey, this is TJ Perkins, and you're listening to ROHCast by ROHworld.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 5 of ROHCast by ROHworld.com. My name's Harry. I'm the web designer and co-owner of ROHworld.com. Once again, I'm joined by Stephen, who's the co-owner and editor of the site. Hi, everyone. And John, who's the executive vice president of Writing Relations. How's it going? Unfortunately, we were unable to do a podcast last week to talk about the huge title match between David Richards and Roderick Strong. Um, I'll let Stephen and John share their thoughts on this match. I thought it was a good match. Uh, It took me a little bit to get into it. I don't think I really got into it until the uh, spot on the apron when uh, I think Roderick hit the backbreaker to the apron. Mm. It just seemed to be just kind of plodding along up until that point. But then at that point, it kind of got kicking to the next gear. And but. I was kind of annoyed at some points because it did, like, the uh, exchange forearms spot, like, four or five times during that match. And it just kind of lost its effectiveness, like, just like, all right, yeah, it's happening again, cool, kind of deal. But those are, like, minor, it's like a minor complaint, but I thought it was, like, a really, really good match. Pretty much what you expect out of these two. Yeah, I think a lot of Ring Runner World title matches sort of, they... They're quite slow at the start, and then there's always that one big spot that sort of just brings it to life. And yeah, as John said, I think it was the sort of like the um, when stronger, sort of like a face back suplex, doesn't it, on, on the uh, ring apron, and that sort of brought it to life. Um, yeah, I agree with what John said. To be honest, um, I thought the you know the exchange of forearms was a bit, a bit excessive. I know they wanted to like show both men as being a like, really uh, strong willed and stuff like that, but. Yeah, I think that was a bit of a bit of an overkill on that, but yeah, as, as a whole, I thought it was um, a re- you know a really good match, a really good match for for um, Davies' first title defense, and you know it, it didn't really um, harm Roderick Strong either, especially to the new new crowd. I liked I liked his, his new gimmick. I like the way it's going with uh, you know he seems very cocky, and I, I think that's what Roderick Strong's been missing for quite a while now. He just needed a bit of bit of edge because you know we all know how good he's in the ring and. Hopefully that will bring something else to the House of Truth as well. So, um, yeah, a re- really good match. Uh, really good first uh, Ring of Honor World title match uh, on TV. And I like the way they, they were always stressing the importance of how, you know, uh, you know how credible you are when you, you know, hold that title because there haven't been that many champions you know, in the uh, eight or so years of the, of the company. So I like the way they uh, sort of, you know, put the title over as such as, you know, an important that's not just passed around like many other world titles are. I am... Um, go, go ahead, John. There's one thing I noticed during this match. It's like more of the production side that I just realized what like, they've been doing it like, the entire time. Like, Kevin Kelly would say something like, look at what's going on in the ring, and then they'll cut to the crowd like immediately afterwards <laughs> where you completely miss like what he was talking about. And I just... At one point in this match, he said that... And was, I think it was like when they were doing like the surfboard stretch exchanges or something along those lines. He, he said, like, look at that, and they, like, you know, just cut the truth martini on the outside, just standing there. <laughs> I'm thinking, like, man, like, I wish I knew what just happened. <laughs> yeah, the, the camera work hasn't been that great. I think, if of all the production sort of side of things, I think that's probably been the worst, but I think the camera work's always been a bit a bit dodgy with Ring One. Even on the uh, pay per views it's it's not brilliant, but mm. I suppose it's, it is difficult, you know, you know, resting the fast-paced, uh, you know, fast-paced sport. So, yeah, I, I don't know if that, that will improve when they improve, you know, the the cameras or 
whether they'll hire more cameramen or better cameramen, I'm not 100% sure. But, yeah, that's the, I think that's the only negative of the production side so far is the, uh, the camera work. I really enjoyed the um, Inside ROH segment at the start, um, where Roddy did a really good sort of cocky, arrogant promo, um, and it showed like a really good con- uh, contrast, how different Davey and Roderick are. Um, what did you two guys think of the Inside ROH segment? Yeah, as I said, I really like the you know the edge they're giving to Roddy's character because I think that's the sort of you know that sort of character that he, you know it's he, he, pretty easy for him to play up to that because it's sort of um, you know it's not much different from what he's at the moment but it's a small like a more exaggerated version mm-hmm. which is um, yeah so I think he's always lacked a bit character-wise so I think that's that's uh, that'll definitely improve him get over with the uh, new TV crowd. The only thing I think they should have added was perhaps explain, you know, who Truth Martini is and what his purpose is, because with um, when they were hyping up Champa, they explained, you know, how Nana gives him all this money and funds so he doesn't have to worry about bills, and then the week before they explained, you know, who Brutal Bob is and why he's training Bennett, but it seemed to me like Truth Martini was just sort of there and they never really went into detail of what his purpose is. No, they actually did that in this week's uh, episode. They focused on the the House of Truth and Truth Martini on this week's, but I suppose it would have been better to do it last week because that's when he debuted. Yeah, yeah, view, viewers have seen him for the first time, so some would have been like, "Yeah, who's he? What what's he doing?" Sort of thing. Yeah, they sort of explained to, about him this week. You know, mm. the whole life intervention expert thing. So yeah, they, they covered that uh, on the, this week's episode. So um, before we move on to the latest episode from the. 15th. Um, what did you guys think of the October 8th episode overall compared to you know the previous weeks? Was it a step up or a step down? It was about the same. They, they continued building up the uh, Briscoes and all that. Uh, Briscoes and uh, and all that. Right, yeah, that's right. It was along with the world's greatest tag team. They kept on building that up, having up this week's episode, and just what they usually do with the uh, building up a young person, like a young wrestler, like. Champa, it's just basically more of the same, but that's not saying that it was bad. It's just you know on par with what we saw the previous couple of weeks. Yeah, I think that's sort of a formula, and that, that you know there's been a sort of run with it, and it's worked so far. So I don't see why that they should uh, should move away from that. Um, I like the you know the way every segment sort of is doing something. There isn't any throwaway segments. There isn't any no filler wasted, or anything. Yeah, yeah, there's no wasted time. Every you know every minute is actually you know it's accomplishing something. If it's not putting somebody over, it's you know it's a match or it's you know it's an interview with someone or it's you know giving viewers an insight to the you know past of ROH. So yeah, I mean they've, they've really crammed a lot into the to the hour show. I mean I think um, a problem that. I started to notice is, you know, they're trying to do the focus on segments when they hyped up Bennett the week before and then they did Champa on October 8th. Um, like, Mike Bennett wasn't on the show at all. So I think Ring of Honor, you know, are going to struggle a bit with just the one-hour time slot, trying to build up all of these, you know, new characters and wrestlers to the fans because you can't really have Champa on every single week because then there's no time to build up Bennett as well and all the other wrestlers. So, I mean, do you think the one-hour time slot will be a big impact to the show? Um, uh, sorry, I don't think it would be a, a, a big impact. I mean, I think if you'd have offered them two hours, if they had a chance of two hours, I'm sure they'd take it. But um, you know, an hour is you know is all they've got at the moment. But an hour is better than better than nothing, isn't it? I suppose. <laughs> so 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's difficult because, as you say, you know, they, they can't be on every week and, you know, them sort of guys could probably uh, benefit from being on every week or every other week getting, you know, getting wins to sort of fight their characters up. But, you know, they're going to be on, you know, live shows and live pay-per-views and although, you know, not all the fans who watch the TV show are going to be buying them, um, you know, so I'm sure some will. So, yeah, I'm sure that they'd take more if, if they uh, got the chance, but I'm sure they... Uh, you know, they're pleased that they're just back on TV at the moment and they're doing a good job of it so far. And I think as they go along, they're going to get more television time because now they're just trying to establish the characters on the tel- on TV. So it's taking more time to, I guess, explain who they are. So like, Yeah, that's true. Once they get through this, they'll be able to give them like a minute, two-minute promo or something like that and get them all on television more often, which, I, which would, you know, really benefit them. Yeah, I mean, I guess eventually they could probably just drop the, uh, you know, focus on or, you know, the inside ROH, because eventually they're just going to run out of things to talk about, really. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that was, but I'm sure they won't just waste time, you know, talking about, you know, why is the cut of the ropes, you know, <laughs> 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 things like that, you know, why is the logo changed and, you know, rubbish like that. I'm sure they won't do that. I'm sure they'll just, you know, they might have to start having three matches per episode or, Something like that, which would definitely, uh, you know, the, the more matches, the better. I mean, we don't want, uh, you know, the, the matches to suffer quality-wise. I'm sure they won't. But, you know, even if it's just like a couple of minute squash matches, someone like Champa or, or Bennett or uh, Michael Elgin or someone like that, you know, it's it's better than, um, you know, having a uh, wasted time. Mm. And that brings us on to this week's show, which aired on October 15th. Um, unfortunately, I didn't actually get time to see this show this week. But uh, Stephen and John have both seen it, and I'm sure they're going to share some in-depth thoughts on it. Um, the show began with a promo about the Briscoes. It talked about the Ring of Honor career, how many times they've been tag champs, you know, growing up on the chicken farm and stuff. And they shared some words about the um, All Night Express, which then led to the first, <laughs> which then led to the first main event of the evening, which saw the Briscoe brothers battle the All Night Express. What did you two guys think of this match? Um. I had a bit of trouble getting into it, not because of the, you know, the quality of the match or the people that were in it, but just because we've seen, you know, the All Night Express against the Briscoe so many times, you know, the past few months that it was just, you know, what, what are they going to, you know, do that's different? And to be honest, they didn't really do much that was was any different. I'm not sure that, that they could have. Um, mm. I, I'm not saying, you know, it was, it was a good match. Uh, it, it went about ten minutes, and it, you know, it served its purpose because uh, Mark uh, Mark Briscoe. Um, I know, sorry, Jay Briscoe grabbed the win at the end with a, a low blow on Kenny King. And then uh, they sort of, yeah, got like a screw job finish. And, and afterwards, it was a bit strange, actually, because they were talking, um, they saw the replay and they were talking about the, um, you know, the low blow. And then when they came back from the, the commercial break, they were, I think it was Nigel, yeah, Nigel McGuinness was talking to um, Jim Cornette who'd come down the, uh, the ramp and they were talking about, like, the uh, you know the instant replay as if uh, I think I like that as well because they were sort of making it out as if <laughs> not making it out but sort of you know you know real let's say real sports you know real sports use you know instant replay don't they and they sort of you know go back and make calls um, so yeah Cornet basically said that neither team were going to be number one contenders after what they what they did mm. um, the the one weird thing <laughs> was that the whole thing that made Todd Sinclair sort of turn his back was that Mark Briscoe and Rex Titus are sort of battling on, on the ring apron 
<laughs> Kevin Kelly and Nigel McGuinness sort of screaming at them not to not to come onto the uh, commentary table. They're like, don't fall on the table, don't fall on the table. <laughs> I'm not really sure why they were so, you know, they could have just moved, but they were like, no, make sure, no, Tony Todd Sinclair, make sure they don't fall on the table. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, and that's why he's back with Turn, and then it ended up in the uh, roll-up finish, which, yeah, I mean, it, it builds up the uh, potential Briscoes and World's Great Tag Team match, and it sort of gives the uh, All Night Express, you know, another you know, another chance to say, you know, that they've got another, you know, screw job finish. So, yeah, it was hard to get into it, but I think that was mainly down to, you know, the amount of matches they've had together and not, you know, down to their actual performance. Mm, it's funny you should say that because um, they've got another match, haven't they, coming up on TV soon that was at the um, recent tapings. In yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's happened here and it's going to happen once again on TV in a few weeks' time. Yeah, well, I suppose that they're hoping that most of the TV audience probably haven't seen a lot of their... Yeah, the iPay-per-view ones and things, yeah. Obviously, yeah, you've got the iPay-per-view ones and then the ones on the live events that people probably haven't bought the DVDs for, so... Mm. Yeah, they wouldn't have seen that many of their, their matches. Was this the first appearance of the Unite Express on the TV show? Um, yeah, yeah, it would have Did been. Did they sort of build them up at all or, you know, say how, how they've improved or anything or their history in Ring of Honor at all? Yeah, they're mainly focused on the Briscoes. Yeah, they're mainly focused on the Briscoes. I think the Briscoes sort of talked about the All Night Express and how they, you know they've been battling for months and months. But they, yeah, they didn't really focus that much on the All Night Express. Um, for, well, from what I believe, I mean, it's been a few days since I watched it now, but from, <laughs> yeah, from what I remember, I don't, don't think they did. I mean, Kevin Kelly sort of mentioned it briefly on commentary, but mm. I, I think that basically shows you that who, who, you know, which team they want to push, you know, more. Yeah, I, th- I think they believe you know the Briscoes are going to be going to get over with the TV crowd uh, a lot quicker, and I suppose that the Briscoes against World's Greatest Tag Team, you know, it's a heel against face, it's going to be you know an easier yeah, match yeah, sell rather than um, All Night Express against uh, Wrestling's Greatest Tag Team, and the, the the promo beforehand was was quite entertaining. I thought um, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know how that's going to come across to new fans. I'm not really sure if they're going to really get the Briscoes. Yeah. Because, I mean, I think people who have watched them, they just sort of, you know, they know their personalities, they know, you know, how funny they are. But, yeah, new fans, I'm not sure if they're going to really buy into them as sort of a legit, you know. Because I know on the, like, the live events in the iPad reviews have been really, you know, acting as if, you know, like a real, well, I'd say, badass tag team. They've been, you know, making people bleed and stuff. But on, on the TV show, they just seem like a bit goofy sort of thing. So, I'm not sure how that's going to come across. Okay, and then after this week's Inside ROH and Focus on Segments, we then got to the main event of the evening, which was Michael Elgin with Truth Martini versus Eddie Edwards. Um, Stephen, what did you think of this? Um, yeah, it was a, a really good match. Um, just, you know, as an aside to the actual match, I like the way that they sort of built it up as Eddie Edwards really needs to win this match. They kept sort of focusing on... You know, he's, he's route back to the title and, uh, you know, a re- rematch against David Richards. And they sort of were, were building up Michael Elgin as, you know, they keep building up the whole unbreakable thing. And, you know, they, they really built Michael Elgin up and they really built up the, you know, the um, importance of the match. And I think that really helped because, uh, especially for new fans who maybe, you know, wouldn't buy into the match as much. Because I think, um, you know, usual RH fans will know how good both of these guys uh, are and probably expecting a really good match. And 
in you know, in fairness, that's what they got. I mean, I think Michael Elgin's been you know, really impressive since he uh, first came to Ring of Honor, and he's he's continued that, and he's really, I think, you know, he's, he'll soon become a, a legit, you know, a man to throw into the title title picture. Maybe not as a title holder, but you know, as a definitely someone who can put on really good matches with uh, with the champion. And I'd like to see him against David Richards. Maybe not even a title match, but maybe a non-title match. I think that'd be be really good. And um, yeah, it was it was really good, and I like the way uh, Edwards, um, the, you know, the, the way they finished it with him trying to hit the uh, die hard, and then Alvin sort of fought back, and then he managed to finally hit it. And the uh, yeah, and the aftermath of the match was quite interesting as well. I'm sure you'll you'll we'll go on to that in a second. <laughs> yeah, I think we've got about that in our news section in a little bit. Oh, all right, yeah. Yeah. Um. So, um. Overall, was it? A Improvement from the previous week? I mean, what did you think of it as overall? Still being consistent with the um, previous shows? Yeah, I don't think there's been any show that has particularly stood out. I mean, I think uh, in terms of my favourite match so far, I think I might actually give it to Lethal and Generic. Yeah, I was going to say that. That's my mm-hmm. favourite so far. I know yeah. I haven't seen this week's, but up until, you know, the latest one, that's definitely yeah. my favourite. Yeah, I think Strong and... Um, Strong and Richards is really good as well, but I think, yeah, I think Generica and uh, Lethal win my sort of match of the TV show so far. But yeah, it was, it was you know, the same sort of uh, layout as the, the previous weeks, and it was, you know, it was, it was, you know, it was a good show. It was, uh, you know, it was easy to watch. It flowed well. So yeah, it's just uh, as long as they continue uh, with how they're going, I, I think it, uh, it'd be good. Um, it, was this the last show from the first set of tapings? Was it now transitioned to the Louisville ones? Yeah, the, the next set of set tapings will... Yeah, be interesting to see, you know, if the lighting is improved or anything like that, because I know John said, you know, the arena in Louisville is more designed for TV tapings, so it'll be interesting to see how it looked changed from a sort of a visual perspective. Yeah, I know. I, I, I believe OVW used to use that, of um, the arena in Louisville a lot, so... Obviously, it'll be uh, yeah, it's probably more used to being uh, used as a taped uh, environment. So mm. yeah, I'm de- I'm sure it will definitely will definitely see a, a slight improvement, especially with the lighting on the outside. I know we've we've picked up in that before, <laughs> but yeah, sometimes it's really difficult to sort of pick out who's you know who's on the outside and where they were. But mm. hopefully that uh, that problem will will, uh, will go because I mean they must have liked how it came out because obviously the the next take is in Louisville as well. So. Yeah, it must, yeah, it must have been a success the first yeah, time. Yeah, so. uh, must have thought it was pretty good to go back again. And that's actually a great segue to our first bit of news. Good job there. Oh, <laughs> I didn't even know as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, they've announced a rematch for the TV title on the November 5th Louisville TV tapings. Uh, Lethal defends the belt against El Generico, and as we were just saying, that was one of our favourite matches so far. So hopefully this will be another fantastic match between the two. But... In my opinion, I think it's pretty obvious that Lethal isn't going to lose the belt so so soon to Generica. I know earlier I've said, you know, I'd like Generica to get it back, but I don't see that this happening, you know, so soon. No, I don't think he will. I think it's quite interesting that Generico is getting the TV title shot and the world title shot. Um, mm. I, I, I'm not really sure if he, not if he deserves them, because I think... You know, he definitely does. But I think maybe that they've come a bit too late for him. Um, I think maybe, you know, you know, after the whole Steam thing thing, I mean, I think earlier in the year he would have benefited from 
the shots there. Yeah, there's a lot more me- momentum behind him. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think he's definitely lost a bit in the last few months. I mean, he's not been winning very many matches. I don't think he's particularly got, you know, the sort of guy that really needs to win many, but to, for him, you know, for people to believe that he could win, a, you know, the world title or even the, the TV title, I think he needs to start getting a, a few more wins. But I suppose that they're, they're just using these sort of matches to sort of fill in until, you know, I suppose Kevin Steen sort of comes back and that's, I mean, I should imagine generic will be dragged into that somehow. Yeah, I expect this. Like, I don't think anybody's gonna be unhappy to hear about you know this match being announced. It was great the first time. I think it's gonna be just as good this time. But I'm expecting you know another 15 minute time limit draw. Oh, like we've always been. No. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, that's the thing. I, I'm not sure if they're gonna be that happy about putting you know putting Generico down on a, a title match again. Because that that'll be that'll be his that'll be his second or appearance or third. Um, I'm, I'm sure he's third. third I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not, who did he face at last taping? That is a fantastic question. That is a really good question. <laughs> if we if we really knew about our stuff, we'd know that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that'd be his third appearance. And to lose two sort of matches in his first three three matches on TV, I'm I'm not sure if that'll. He he wasn't at the Louisville tapings, by the way. Oh, he wasn't. So that'll be no, his second. This would be so his second be... appearance. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I mean, to... I think they wouldn't want him losing twice on the first two. Yeah, but maybe there'll be some sort of challenging interference by Bennett, possibly, or yeah, because I mean, obviously Bennett had Bennett anything had apart from the time limit draw. Anything apart from that. <laughs> yeah, well, obviously Bennett had the draw with uh, Lethal, didn't he? On that would be on the next TV tape. Um, oh, this. Oh, sorry, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be on the next uh, like set of four. So, but yeah, that'll probably be like a, a follow-up to that. You know, then it'll probably interfere and say, you know, he did, he didn't lose. He deserves a shot. And maybe that could set up some sort of like three-way match at the um, maybe final battle. A final battle. Yeah, that 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 would be interesting. That's um actually an interesting point that he's not wasn't on the second tapings because he had the match uh, a couple of weeks ago against Lethal. Now there's the four weeks of this taping. There's going to be a huge gap between his appearances. I mean, perhaps they're going to do like a focus on yeah, Derek or something. Sort of, but yeah, we have to try and keep him relevant, you know, because he is getting a title shot. Obviously, in what it'll probably be eight weeks or so in TV time, six to eight weeks or something. So um, we've got to try and keep him relevant to the fans. Otherwise, they'd be like, why is this guy getting a title shot? I haven't seen him in months. So they have to definitely going to have to keep him relevant to the fans. Yeah, I think they really need to sort of stress his his path. I mean, I know they don't want to sort of mention Steen, but I think they need to sort of maybe even not mention. I think they do name. need to mention Steen. I think we'll talk about that in a bit, actually. But yeah, I mean, I think they definitely need to put over what he's done in the past because I mean that was you know that was the feud of the year. I mean that was like the feud of the the year in you know in the <laughs> any promotion wrestling, anywhere. Generally, yeah, yeah, so it's not just you know the feud of the year in Ring of Honor. It was you know brilliant, brilliant wrestling. So yeah, they definitely need to sort of make people aware of what he's done in the past because, you know, especially new fans, they might just see him and think he's some sort of, sort of you know, goofy Comedy character. character. yeah. Yeah. And he's not. Well, yeah, I mean, appearances can be deceiving, can't they? And he's, I mean, I think he's, as we said before, he's not the stereotypical kind of ring of honor guy. As you say, he's quite a comedy character, but as soon as he gets in the ring, you know, the, he's probably the biggest baby face in the company at the moment. So, mm. hopefully, they won't, you know, hopefully the, TV fans won't, you know, there won't be a massive gap between, you know, what different, you know, fans' perspectives on him will be. 
And that actually transitions once again really uh, well into the next piece of news, is that um, he'll be getting the world title shot against David Richards at Glory Byron at 10. I'm not really sure what we can add to this, because, you know, we've covered Generico quite a lot there, but it is strange, you know, he's getting the TV title shot on the 5th, and then on the... Uh, I'm trying to think when Glory Byron at 10 is. November 19th, that's it. Um, he's, oh, getting okay. a, <laughs> he's getting another title shot. You know, it's very quick. It seems quite strange, to be honest, but I'm sure it'll be a fantastic match between those two. Um, it's a shame Glory Browner is in a pay-per-view like it was um, last year. But Yeah, I'm surprised it isn't, actually. Um, yeah, um, we were we originally made a mistake on the website and said it was and was told by someone from Ring of Honor that it's not an pay-per-view, so... It's a bit disappointing, but we've still got final battles to look forward to in December. Mm, uh, that's a match I, I really want to see. I mean, Richards against Generico should be mm. really, really good. Yeah. I mean, they had it at the 8th anniversary show where Tyler Black won the title, and that was a you know, match that stole the show other than the main event. It was a great match. And, yeah, Glory Honor not being an uh, eye-pay-per-view is kind of weird, but the way they're building everything on the TV show really... It's going to take time to play out the way they have it all taped. So yeah. make, I guess it makes sense how it's going to the final battle. Yeah, I think they're just going to try and build up to build everyone up and try and get you know, a good buy rate for the final battle. Because I heard, uh, I, I think it was just from the dirt sheet, so you know, it might not be true, but I heard that the, the buy rate for Death Before the Sun and I was, was quite disappointing. Yeah, so. compared to Best in the World, it was apparently quite low, yeah. Yeah. And apparently, yeah, I think the initial number um, was 900-something and was incorrect, but it, it was definitely lower than, um, considerably lower than Best in the World. Yeah, I mean, uh, I suppose that was to be expected. I mean, yeah. when your world champion's not... I mean, you haven't got there's any no, matches. no title <laughs> matches, was there? When you've got yeah. no title matches, when you're you know, yeah. world champion's not there, and on, on, as we said before the event, on on paper it wasn't the strongest of cards, and mm. I suppose people who are sort of you know fifty fifty about Ring of Honor, if they see that card, they probably thought, mm, I'll, I'll pass on that, or you know, I'll end up getting it later on DVD or something. So, yeah. um, the next bit of Ring of Honor news is that Ring of Honor World dot com's least favourite Twitter and Facebook user, David Lagana, has left Ring of Honor. Um, if you didn't know, he was the owner of the, or not owner, he managed the Ring of Honor social pages, so the Twitter and Facebook. Um, He wasn't the biggest fan of our website, you know, he wasn't very supportive of us. Um, Any departing words for Mr. Lagana on his way to TNA? Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, brother. (laughs) In in, in all fairness, sorry, Glenn. Never mind, I was going to make a horrible joke that wouldn't be funny, so go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to hear it now, go on. You're going to have to tell it uh, now. We can edit it out if it's too bad. Well, I was I was going to say that, uh, you know how like, the rumors that Hogan pulled like the last-minute decision to not let Bobby Roode win the title at Bound for Glory? Like, yeah. last, I was going to say maybe it's like he's going to make another last-second decision, like right when Lagana shows up, like, no, we don't need you, brother. <laughs> Uh, well, I can say. Oh, in, in all fairness, I mean, he's. I know he's been heavily involved in like the production, especially for the HDNX show, and mm. yeah. But what he's done for the the company, I don't think we should sort of just you know throw it away because he's you know a bit of an idiot. But yeah, in uh, in terms of you know putting aside you know our our differences, I think I think what he was doing with the, the Twitter and you know Twitter you know especially, I think. 
the way he responded to fans wasn't great. Um, mm. You know, so some of the times you know, he's, he's really quite uh, quite rude to fans, to be honest. And you know, when people were asking about the TV show, he was you know quite rude to a lot of people. So, you know, especially for you know for fans who you know these are fans who probably don't really follow Ring of Honor and just wanted to ask. And then you've got someone who's saying you know can't you read or why haven't you read this when they probably have, but you know they didn't really understand. I mean, he could have just. You know, just said it, polite and yeah. Yeah, and I, I think it leaves a bad taste in the mouth because, especially if that's their first interaction with someone with Ring of Honor, and they've been really rude to them, they're probably more likely to say, actually, you know, screw you, I'm not going to yeah, check them out. Follow picture. and follow them and follow yeah. our instead. I think sometimes you let his ego get in the way of, you know, of, of the company, and that's a bad thing. So on that front, I'm, you know, I'm quite glad he's. Yeah, I'm gone. glad he's not doing the Twitter pages. I mean, he did block people for silly asking. Well, I got yeah, I got blocked from the. Facebook page. I know yeah. someone, um, I think typical ROH fan on Twitter got blocked for saying, can you please sign Paul London or something like <laughs> that. I mean, there's no, nothing offensive there. You just got blocked. I mean, you got yeah. to be out of control with blocking fans and things. And yeah, I, say, I think his ego just went wild. I'm not really sure. Yeah, I mean, we've got to hope that whoever takes over those accounts will just to block everyone, but to be honest, they don't, probably don't even know that the Ghana was just blocking whoever he fancied. Like, no, yeah, I said his ego just went wild and Lagana mania took over. <laughs> uh, the next bit of news um, comes from Nigel McGuinness getting in the ring at the end of this week's TV show. Um, basically, it was a statement from Jim Connor saying that Nigel McGuinness is not an active uh, in-ring competitor, so he will not be allowed to step in the ring again unless he's doing an interview or promo segment. Now, this to me screams... <laughs> Nigel McGuinness is going to wrestle again. <laughs> I mean, it, it'd be pretty silly if they had him go in the ring that? and then he's say he's not he's going to wrestle. When he <laughs> 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 I mean, it's quite clear, you know, he probably is going to step in the ring sometime soon. If you yeah. could pick one person from the Ring of Honor roster to have a one-on-one match with McGuinness one last time, who would it be and why? I'll go with John first. Oh, jeez. Uh, possibly Eddie Edwards, I think, would make a great match. Um, I mean, look at the roster side. Don't you know miss anybody? I think would be obvious. Stephen, who do you think? Um, I'd probably go for Roderick Strong. I think that would be the most logical one because obviously he was confirmed to the House of Truth, wasn't he? And mm. I think yeah, him and I think he could have a good match with anyone. But him against Ruddy would be yeah really good. Him against Davey maybe, or him against Eddie. I think yeah, those three guys would be yeah really good matches to be a sort of sort of send off match for him. I mean, I'd love for him to have a full-time return. I mean, I don't. I know he had some health issues that, you know, there's so many different rumours, we don't really know what was wrong, but, I mean, it'd be great if he can, even if it is just one match, it'd be great, it'd be brilliant to see him wrestle one last time. Oh, yeah, for, I mean, for him to come back full-time would be absolutely, you know, brilliant, because... Especially with all the people that have left recently. Yeah, I mean, he'd fill a massive hole, especially, yeah. you know, in the main event picture, he'd just, you know, walk straight in there, really. Mm. And, um... Yeah, but even one more match. I think if if they built it right, it could you know it could be really good. Um, It'd be huge, like the tenth anniversary show or something. Yeah, tenth anniversary definitely. I mean, if they kept having sort of Roderick Strong and the has to kept like you know goading him and kept you know maybe even a you know maybe even attack him after one of their matches. Um, mm. You know that could really hype up, and then he'd sort of have to say, you know, I've got no choice but to wrestle him, and then he'd have to sort of you know he'd probably fight against. Jim Cornette and Jim Cornette would say like no you can't and stuff like that so yeah the 10th anniversary show would be really good because you know he's a keen man in Ring of Honor history so that would sort of 
yeah, it'd be a fitting send-off for him, wouldn't it? And yeah, it, I mean, it's a shame that he, you know, he, we, you know, we think he can't wrestle permanently because, as you say, you know, he's he's such a brilliant wrestler, and yeah, I don't, I don't think he got the career he deserved. I mean, after Ring of Honor, he should have gone on to bigger and better things, and unfortunately, he didn't. But um, thanks, Hogan. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, the momentum he had. I mean. I, th- I believe that he was going to sign for WWE, wasn't he? But he's, he's health problems. Health issues, yeah. Him yeah. and uh, Brian Danielson were going to go at the same time. His health problems sort of scuppered down. That, that's a shame because he'd have made it easily in the WWE because yeah. he's got got the charisma, got the you know, got the look, got the you know, his wrestling ability, brilliant. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, if, even if he can't be you know a full-time wrestling member, he, he's been good on commentary so far. So any involvement by Nigel McGuinness in Ring of Honor is uh, is a positive. John, have you had a chance to, you know, look over the roster or is there anything else you'd like to add? To no, I think Roderick Strong would be, like, the most logical choice, yeah, but I'm just looking trying to, like, dream matches would probably be Roderick Strong, either Davey or Eddie. I'm thinking Charlie Haas would make a really good match with them, too. Hmm, that'd be a real hard-hating match, wouldn't it? Hey, the uh, next bit of Ring of Honor news is uh, there's been quite a few announcements um, regarding Survival of the Fittest over the past couple of weeks. They've announced a championship challenge match, which is a tag team match where wrestling's greatest tag team, Charlie Ashton, Shelton Benjamin, will be facing the team of Jay Lethal and Davey Richards. Um, once again, Davey Richards is in, in another tag team match, but I think we've got a question about that later on. Um, this sounds, you know, like a good match to have on the Survival of the Fittest show. Um, what do you guys expect from this? I mean, yeah, it, sh- it should be a good match because, you know... Uh, all four guys that you know are good in the ring, and you know it's an interesting matchup because you know it's a new and fresh uh, you know sort of uh, match for uh, both teams. Mm. But as you said, I'm still not sure why you know David isn't defending the title. I mean, uh, well, I suppose I know why because there is you know there's a lack of you know people for him to face. But everyone's, they, everyone's in the tournament as well, really. <laughs> well, yeah, but even if they got in somebody from you know elsewhere just for a, a one-off appearance, you know, I think, I mean, they they can't just keep having him in to, you know random tag team matches. Yeah, he's the world champion. He's supposed to defend you know defend the title and. As or we, even just one-on-one matches, you know, he's the yeah, he's the focus of Ring even of Honor. Does, yeah, so. even if they don't want to do title matches with people that they think, you know, people won't get behind because they won't believe they've got a chance of winning. I think non-title. We, yeah, I think we discussed it earlier. That, you know, non-title match against someone like Michael Elgin. Mm. That that would, you know, that'd help put Elgin over because you know Elgin would probably take him to the limit, and David, you know, David would come out of it as still, you know, the fighting champion. But yeah, so to have him as you know, not defending the title, it's just. Bit of you know a bit of a baffling one, and uh, I'm not sure if it's going to pay off in the long run. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, yeah. I, I don't, I don't yeah. want David to have you know a, a, you know a year long total run and to defend the total six times. And had like ten tag matches or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you'll look back and you'll say, oh, you know, we had a top for a year, but then well, how many times did he defend it? Or six, and you know, it's just. I mean, I think Roddy defended it, defended it more than six times in me, and uh, you know, he had it for. Uh, how long did he have it for? Um, he had it for about six months. He had it from yeah. like September through March. So Yeah, about six months. So, mm. yeah, so, uh, so far, Ring of Honor's site list, Davey has defended the title three separate times and only once in Ring of Honor. Yeah, oh, yeah, because he's defended it a couple of times overseas. I mean, it, it tells you how much they're clutching at straws, that they're just counting random matches yeah, overseas random. that have yeah. got no... 
you know, no sort of resemblance on Ring Runner at all. So, yeah, I think that shows how much they're sort of, you know, trying to desperately trying to build the credibility <laughs> of his title reign when they they're not really helping it by uh, just you know putting him in random you know random tag matches. I mean, um, looking at who's in the tournament, which we're going to cover in a second, um, our, our friend of the show T.J. Perkins isn't in the tournament. He could have a fantastic, you know, he wanted the rubber match. He said last week with Richards. Why not put that on the Survival of the Fittest show? I mean, that would be brilliant. Yeah, I think fans would go crazy for that match. Um, yeah, their, their first match at the SoCal Showdown 2 in January this year, I mean, that, that was brilliant. So, yeah, even a non-total match there. I mean, that Just TJP, yeah, it would be Yeah, that would be... Uh, their styles have meshed so well with each other, it would just be a great match. Like, mm. I don't understand why they just wouldn't... Unless there's already some kind of book, like, uh, there's already booked somewhere else, but... If he's not, it just wouldn't make any sense for him not not make that match. Well, there's a and there's another match, isn't there? I'm sure they said that there were two matches apart from the tournament, so I'm not sure who will be in, we in can that match. Maybe guess TJP. Um, um right. I mean, there's not many peop- other people it, left. Yeah, because there's so many in the tournament. Yeah, um, I'm not sure unless they bring some other people in for a one-off appearance. Don't know. Yeah. Um, the final bit of news over the past couple of weeks is that Ring of Honor are going to return to Baltimore on the 7th of January 2012, um, which is eight years, I believe, since they were last there. Um, a huge uh, show for Ring of Honor because I believe this is where um, Sinclair are based. Um, obviously, we don't know any matches, so I'm not sure what we can comment on this, but any thoughts or anything you'd like to add? No, well, I think, you know, moving into new markets is always a positive thing, and I know that they're trying to move into new, you know, new TV markets. So, um, and as you say, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's sort of the hometown base of the, you know, Sinclair. So they'll hope, you know, they'll be hoping that it goes well and that they can mm. sort of establish it as, you know, a, a permanent, um, you know, permanent place to hold events. And uh, that concludes the new section of the podcast. Uh, the final part of the show is where we talk about topics and answer questions that you sent in to us. Um, there's several ways you can do this. You can tweet us at ROH underscore world. You can write on our Facebook wall, which is facebook.com slash ROH world. Or just send us an email to contact at rohworld.com. And I think once again, Stephen's got the list of all of your questions. So let's go with the first one. I do, yeah. Um, first one is from at WLH Stu. I always have trouble with that name. <laughs> Um, he says, ask the guys' favourite matches from the final battle shows in Ring of Honor history. Ooh, that's a tough one. That is a tough one. Uh, Ooh. Um, off off wow. the top of my head, I'd probably have to... The two that stick out really obviously Steen and Generica from from last year. I mean, that was just insane. And probably Brian Dennison against Takeshi Marishima. I think that was 2008, I believe. Yeah, um, 2008. Yeah, that? That same show, who did Nigel face? I remember he had a great match. Was it? I, I, I got the TV. I cried over here. I'll be good to see that real quick. Oh, I, yeah, I remember seeing seeing that match. I mean, that, I think that was before I actually got you know got into Ring Runner permanently. But mm. I went you know I went back and saw that match, and that match was yeah, it was really really good. Is, this is great radio, John trying to find a DVD. Yeah, yeah it was a, it was a, Nigel Beginners and Naomichi Mera Fuji. Oh, right, yeah. And I just remember, I was freaking out watching 
while I was watching that match. <laughs> but obviously, you know, Danielson and Morishima, you know, kind of stole that show. But McGinnis and Marafuji was really good as well. Mm. And then, what about Harry? Have you got any others apart from? No, those? nothing. Not not apart from those two. No, nothing I can add really there. I'm sure if I went back and looked, yeah, if we had time to go and review the probably pick yeah. about pick up about you know, five or six matches that were brilliant. But yeah, off the top of my head, I mean, Steen, I mean, the Steen Generico was just out of this world, wasn't it? It was just, mm. I mean, it, the match itself was brilliant, but everything that was sort of you know put into it, it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if they'd be able to, you know, if they'll ever beat that to be honest, because it was just so, uh, you know, so well done. Right, the second one is also from Twitter, uh, from at Kirk Crew. He says, do you agree that Ring of Honor has done a crap job of building El Generico as a legit title contender? I know we've spoken about Generico quite a lot on this. Yeah. Episode, um, I wouldn't say yeah. crap job, but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, they haven't really done a brilliant job of doing it, I suppose. You know, his his world title shot does feel a bit just sort of random, like they looked at the rust and thought, hmm, we're running out of guys here. Oh, El Generico, that'll do. There's no nothing building up to it. Yeah, is there anything between crap and good? Like, is there like a <laughs> average, decent? <laughs> like, like at the beginning of the year, he seemed like the kind of like the wrestler that's going to get like a lot of title. I guess a lot of title matches this year, just based on the momentum he had. Mm. But over the past few months, like I said earlier, he's just lost a lot of that momentum. And I thought that you know the build up to him winning the TV title from uh, Christopher Daniels kind of. Uh, help him re- regain what he had going in end of last year, mm-hmm. but just since then he's just really been floundering around doing a whole bunch of nothing really. <laughs> so yeah, he hasn't really done that good of a job. No. Nah, the thing is, I don't think they've been trying to, have they? They haven't really. I mean, he hasn't had you know many title matches. I mean, I know he had when Roddy was champion, he had a he had a couple of chances, didn't he? I mean, I've I've you know, if if I'd have had my way, so to speak, I mean, I think he should have been champion then. He should have won it off Roddy, and then sort of been the uh, the champion between Roddy and uh, Davy. I mean, I still think you know Eddie was a great champion, and it was sort of so unexpected. But I think that that's probably when they had their best chance of putting the belt on Generico and giving him a decent reign was when you know just just after the uh, you know turn of the new year when he was you know half the hills of that massive feud and. You know, everyone was really into it. Uh, next one is always oh, another tough one um, from at T Wrestling Fan. What are your top five dream matches in Ring of Honor? As in, like, do they have to all be on the roster now? Uh, I'm not sure. He just says he just says that. Um, top five? Maybe not. Maybe maybe one each. Maybe. Um, I suppose most of the guys in Ring of Honor are 40 face. Yeah, I was going to say that. I mean, off the top of my head. The only dream matches would be with McGuinness, but we've discussed those. Um, yeah, I think I think one that always sort of sticks out in my head is that I'd like to see is Shelton Benjamin against Kenny King. I think that would yeah. be. I think that's sort of a match that Ring Runner fans sort of discussed for quite a while because yeah, you know both guys are sort of similar and you know they're both so athletic and that would be a really, really good, uh, really good match. I mean, uh, in our interview with Kenny King, which you can read on rhworld.com. Um, we asked him about that, and even he, you know, he would love to have that match. So yeah, he's up for it, and the fans want it. So yeah, I'd love to see it. Mm. I would also like to see Kyle O'Reilly and Davey Richards because they're just so similar, and 
didn't I think Davey actually trained Kyle O'Reilly and they actually work like work out yeah he, he trains with him doesn't he so yeah that that would be uh, really interesting uh, right, next one is from Macklin on Facebook he's uh, at Curveside Hero on Twitter he says I'd like to know why Davey has been in so many tag matches lately when it seemed like Strong and Edwards defending the title at every event that's another one which we've sort of Sort of already discussed, but it, I, I think mean, the reason for you know he asked why. I think the reason is probably you know what we covered a couple of weeks ago is just lack of contenders, you know, yeah. lack of guys he could have title matches with. I mean, you suggested you know why not just put him in non-title matches with people like Elgin that perhaps aren't ready for a world title shot yet, but would still put on a you know a credible main event with Davey. Mm. Yeah, I think, I think this is really going to help build up a lot of people. Because they're having what six in the it's still six in the uh, final, so I think out of those six, you know, three or four of them could become like legitimate contenders. It's based off the tournament itself. But I also think they're kind of just killing some time until the eventual Eddie Edwards rematch, that final battle. Mm. Mm, I, th- I think this is quite a, quite a key time in Ring of Honor to manage because I think they've, they've sort of got to build new. Not main event stars because I, mean, I don't see really anybody that they're going to be able to bring in on a permanent basis that's going to be going to walk straight into you know the, the title picture. So as you say, I mean, five of the six will obviously play into that because whoever wins it, I think will be able, you know get a major push. So I mean, uh, I suppose Ring of Honor have always been you know have always known how to make new stars probably better than any other promotion in the US or, or the world really. I mean, so. I mean, they're going to have to do it a lot more now, especially with all the you know the recent guys that's left. Uh, uh, just mentioning Survival of the Fittest there, um, in the news section, I actually forgot <laughs> to say that all the people that have been announced for it, and you know we can share our predictions. Would you like to do that now? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah the uh, 14 men announced for the tournament this year are Mike Bennett, Tommaso Ciampa, Kyle O'Reilly, Michael Elgin, Eddie Edwards, Roderick Strong, Kenny King, Rhett Titus, Adam Cole, Lancelot Bravado, Harlem Bravado, Andy Rightleg Ridge, and J. Mark Briscoe. Um, all of these men will be competing in the tournament. Um, a couple of weeks ago, you know, we explained the changes to the tournament this year. Would you guys like to make a prediction on perhaps who you think will win or who you'd like to see win the tournament? Ooh, who I think will win, I think Mike Bennett will pick it, pick up the um, the win. As in terms of who I want. Um, I'd like I'd like Kenny King if I'm honest. Um, I think he's, you know, I'd like the Orange Express to to win the tag titles, but if if they're not, then I, you know, I think Kenny King's sort of guy could really step up into you know the main event picture. Mm. You know, I like Red Titles as well, but I think Kenny King's probably the the stronger singles wrestler. Um, so yeah, that would really give him a springboard into the the title picture. Um, but yeah, I think I think Bennett will prob- probably end up uh, winning it just because. You know that they look like they're they're really going to push him, and they look, uh, you know, like they really, uh, you know, really intend on giving him a, you know, a big future in Ring of Honor. So that 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 would really help him. Um, so yeah, I'd say Mike Bennett. Yeah, he stole my answer about Kenny King. I was <laughs> like, I think he really has potential to be like a main event star in Ring of Honor, and not just Ring of Honor, but elsewhere, elsewhere as well. Uh, he just has the it factor to me. He just mm-hmm. seems like, not saying he's too 
good for a tag team. It, it just seems like he could shine as well as a, a single star. Yeah. And so that's, I think that could win it is Michael Elgin. They had the uh, match with with uh, Eddie Edwards this past week, and I think it would just kind of be like an interesting dynamic, like story to have him, you know, be able to overcome eventually overcome Eddie Edwards, then go you know, just set his sights on the world title. And I just think Elgin is really really has the potential to be a big deal in Ring of Honor. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there. I think. You know, he's, he's been brilliant since he came in. Uh, I, I think he's a lot better than people expected. I think when he first came in, I was sort of just expecting him to be, you know, on a few shows and probably drift out. But, you know, he's... Yeah, he's didn't he get some, like, You Can't Wrestle chance at the ninth anniversary show, I think? Yeah, I think that when he yeah. first came in, yeah, he was sort of... I suppose when you look at him, he's not the stereotypical kind of ring runner wrestler. He's quite, you know, he's quite big, quite, you know, quite muscly for his for his frame. But, you know, some of the things he can, he can do in the ring, you know, that... Um, where was that? When he picked up, I believe it was, was it Alexander and Coleman? He picked them both up and hit a uh, double running power slam on them. I think it was one of the house, house shows, one of the DVD shows. And, you know, he picked them both up at the same time. It was just incredible. <laughs> you know, the, the guy's just got so much strength. It's, you know, kind of scary. Um, do you see Champions um, undefeated streak ending at the tournament then? Because he's in it and, you know, unless he's going to win, he's going to have to be defeated. Yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a good point. I, yeah, you know, <laughs> damn you for making that point. Throwing <laughs> <laughs> a spanner in the works. Um, yeah, I, I mean, will he really... still be undefeated then? That's the question. I suppose if he's in the four corner survival, he could he could lose without actually being pinned because oh, he's, yeah. he's lost in a four corner survival before. Uh, I think he was on a take centre stage, but because because he didn't get pinned, he didn't technically lose the match. Yeah, um, yeah I thought they could do that with him. Preserve um, the streak, yeah. Yeah, because I think that's really, this, you know, they're really going to get behind that undefeated streak, and you know, why not? Because it's, you know, it's, it's going to work. And um, I, I, I like his character. I think he's getting better. Um, his promos are getting better. So, um, and I think the embassy really needs, you know, really needs someone with a bit of credibility to sort of, you know, make them, you know, seem I, a I force think Prince Nana has enough credibility. For oh, definitely, Prince Nana. Yeah, the most celebrated uh, res- uh, manager in uh, wrestling. Yes. I think, is that a quote from his Twitter? Bonus? I think it is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, next one is from at Rory Punk. He says, I love DVDs, so I think a good idea would be to uh, be who deserves the best of and what matches. Because obviously, um, Derry Richards has just had a best of DVD come out, um, and so have the Briscoes, and that was released today, actually. Um, so, yeah, firstly, if we could pick one guy to have a best of, um, who would you pick and well, what matches that would be tough but I suppose what matches yeah maybe just who would you pick and I mean, Roderick Strong would like would be a great choice I think just based on how long he's been in Ring of Honor like all the matches you can choose from from his time in Generation Next to uh, what was it the uh, No Remorse Core it's yeah. all just, there's just so much history he has you can just choose from mm, I, mean, I know they've done they've done best stuff in the past haven't they I'm not sure how far the Briscoes or the Derry Richards ones go back. I mean, I think there's about 17 matches on both, so I should imagine it probably goes more or less all the way back. Yeah. Um, yeah, in terms of the current crop, maybe Eddie Edwards? Eddie yeah, Edwards, I was going to say that, yeah. Or even Al, yeah, even Al Generico. I think they'd both be... I think everyone would really go crazy for a Generico one, especially if you know, had all these matches with Kevin Steen. And even as a, as a team with Kevin Steen, some of their matches were brilliant as well. Mm. 
Um, right, next one. <laughs> this is quite a blunt one from at Sean Walford on Twitter. He just sent poor ROH production values. I think <laughs> means, um, yeah, sort of, uh, do you think the Ring of production values have been poor on the new TV show? I know we've, we've, we've said the lighting's been bad. Um, yeah. Camera work, the intro. Yeah, I think the intro's, I think it's still terrible. Um, I'd like to see an, an inside ROH or a focus on the intro that explains it to me. <laughs> why why are there no faces? <laughs> <laughs> Why are we watching Wrestling's Greatest Tag Team get dressed? <laughs> <laughs> I'll do that on my own time if I want to. <laughs> I think I have to be a ringside member to watch that. Oh, you think I signed up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they definitely could benefit with a new, um, a new intro. Um, yeah, as we said before, I think the camera work has been not that great at times, but. Yeah. I don't know if they, I don't know if sad and if that's the cameras. I mean, I should imagine they're quite expensive. And mm. I mean, they haven't been the cameras been, then, or how they're transitioning between each one. Yeah, I mean, it hasn't been poor by any by any stretch. But I think there's been a couple of instances where you think, you know, things have happened like a big spot, and you know they've really described it, on it, and it's like you, you either see it was right in the corner. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you know, I didn't really see that. I think with the lighting, I'm not sure if that, you know, the dark, how dark it was, was Ring of Honor's choice or just the arena. So. Yeah, I'll have to see this week's show and the upcoming one and see how it, you know, it is from the Louisville Arena. Yeah, I think the arena doesn't really help, but mm. I think they want to go for sort of a darkish look, just to sort of, um, you know, make see. it look unique. Yeah, and I like the way that the crowd look as well, so that that's, that's a positive. But in terms of yeah, production values, I don't think they've been been poor. By the graphics have been all right for the you know yeah. pre-match graphics, and the, as we said, I think the first show like. Um, the graphics on the intro, they're, they're good, but it's just the content of the intro that's poor. Yeah, I like the, the graphics I had before the match of like the height, weight, and code of honour. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Like, that's pretty good. Tail of the tape thing. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah a lot of like, they're, what they're doing is good. They just need to, I guess, fine-tune what they're doing, and it'll be yeah, drastically yeah. improved. If we want to talk Ring of Runner production values, I think some of the graphics they use on their website are quite terrible. If I might, yeah. As, some the, as someone who uses Photoshop, some of them are quite embarrassing. I mean, some they, of them look like they've been made in paint. In paint, like the the poster for Glory Bona Ten um, is really, really bad. And that's like you know, it's it's a big show. You'd, you'd expect you want to put some good work into it. Yeah, I mean, it's I, a bit confusing because the DVDs they look they're good. The, the artwork for those, but some of the stuff that they use on the website or to promote certain shows is just shocking. Yeah, I'm not sure if they get the DVDs like the. The cover's done like, sort of out of house, and someone in you know someone inside just sort of does the graphics of the website because I think they've you know they've worked so hard in getting this new website up and it looks so professional, mm. and they go and put really really poor graphics on that just it looks cheap and it I don't know I think it makes it makes yeah, know, it doesn't reflect well on Ring of Honor does it? yeah it's not a good image to I mean I know Ring of Honor aren't trying to battle with WWE or you know TNA. Yeah, production, yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously the production values aren't you know the number one thing with TNA, but yeah, I mean, on the website you should. I mean, I don't know anything about graphic design, but even I could probably whip something up just as good, if not better, than the ones on there in in paint or something. So yeah, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure whether they've you know they've sort of you know lost someone who used to do them or they've. You know they're they're waiting for someone new to come along, but I think that's definitely yeah, somewhere they could improve on because I like you know, I love the new website, but yeah, it's definitely definitely a sticking point. I mean, I do all of the graphics for our website, and none of them take me very long, and 
I've not, I'm not very good at Photoshop to be honest. But why does you know at least looks sort of professional and decent? Some of their yeah. stuff is quite embarrassing on me. Maybe yeah. we can see a, a link up now that. Now that the garn has gone, blocking our Ring of Honor communications, I'll have to contact them. <laughs> I like the Champions page is like especially bad. We just have it's like the cut. It looks like just like a cut out of the wrestler just glued onto like a background. It doesn't. Doesn't look that good at all. I'm just gonna load that up now. If the website wasn't loading. Oh yeah, yeah. That I see what you mean about that. Looks kind of like South Park in a way. <laughs> like how they put on there. I, I like where they've kept the um, title defenses. Though. I like that. I think that's you know stresses how important the titles are. I like the, the way they've, they've kept that. Hmm. Yeah. Still no forum on the website. Um, I think I need we need to sort get yeah, our forum out soon. I, think. I mean, a bit, a bit strange for them to drop it without really an, an announcement. They could at least say, you know, we've had to drop the forum. You know, thanks for contributing over the years mm. or something. Yes, yeah, so it was. I mean, it was used by a lot of people, and then just mm. disappeared. It was like the go-to place, like Ring of Honor News and stuff, wasn't it? Yeah. Discussion, so. Yeah, I wanted to know how a show was or something. You could head to their forum or rohfraud.com, of course. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. And <laughs> um, what's the uh, next Twitter or Facebook? Got the last Twitter um, topic is from at Dave of Denham. He says, "Who is your favourite Ring Runner wrestler of all time and why?" That's another one that's put us on the spot. Wow, <laughs> they really like to put us on the spot this week, don't they? They think we have time to prepare, but we don't actually hear these until we get on the show. I've not even heard them, and I'm the one that has <laughs> written them down. <laughs> you written them all down, yeah. Uh, yeah. All, all time. time. I don't think I could just pick one. Oh, because yeah. I said top three or five. Yeah, I mean, the, the one that I got, that sort of got me really into the Ring of Honor is probably Tyler Black. Yeah, yeah. He's probably like, one of the first that I really sort of, you know, I know he, you know, when he, he's first, you know, when he began his title reign, I know a lot of people were sort of burned out by him by then, and he didn't, you know, he didn't get the greatest of receptions from the crowd, but, you know, some of the matches he put on were, I remember his match against um, Davey at Death Before Dishonor 8, I mean, that was, that was an amazing match, probably one of the best matches I've ever seen, so, yeah, one of, I'd probably say Tyler Black, I mean, what about you guys? Uh, yeah, Tyler Black and Jimmy Jacobs are really the two that got me into Ring of Honor with the Age of the Fall way back in the day. Yeah. Uh, geez, of course, you know, Brian Danielson, Samoa Joe, like all the obvious ones. Yeah, yeah. Nigel McGuinness. Yeah, uh, I'll say Nigel McGuinness. I mean, I suppose if we could pick one that maybe isn't a common choice, who would you go for? Ooh. Probably Jimmy Jacobs. Just the storylines he's had, like just the huge he's had, has been just amazing. Mm. Oh, I'm trying to think now. <laughs> yeah, really? That's a really um, put me on the spot. That someone that hasn't, like, wouldn't be necessarily picked by a lot of people. Um, one of my favourites, I'd probably go for Jimmy Ray. I always enjoyed his, his work with, uh, with the embassy. I, I, I've always thought that they should probably bring him back in some, some aspect. Um, and oh, yeah, another one, Kenny Omega. I love Kenny Omega. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm. I, I just thought he was so entertaining. I've no idea why Ring of Honor or any other American promotion hasn't snapped him up because I just think he's so good in the ring and his you know gimmicks just a lot of fun and he's just yeah he's really charismatic. So I'd I'd love to see him back and 
you know, he, he's another one that could, you know, not walk into the main event picture, but he de- could definitely, you know, be put into title matches and because you know he's had title matches before and he's done brilliantly. So yeah, I'd probably go for Kenny Omega and Jimmy Ray. Um, okay, that's the end of the user topics for this week. Okay. Uh, anything else we'd like to talk about or add before we end this week's show? Uh, I'm not sure if y'all saw it or not, but the uh, Ring of Honor announced that they're going to uh, Virginia. Let me see the exact. Uh, Norfolk, Virginia, I believe, to the arena where TNA's held some pay-per-views, actually. Huh. Yeah, Scope Arena. What's the date of that? Do you know? I'm trying to get there now. It's going all crazy on me. <laughs> That's quite a, bit, a big uh, deal, I guess. I mean, I suppose if yeah. TNA have done pay-per-views, pay-per-views there, in there, yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 gen- yeah, it's January 21st at the Scope Arena. Perhaps it'll be... No, it wouldn't be an iPad for you in, this, in January, would it? After no, it's, it's, a, it's a house show. So. Oh, just a DVD one. Okay. Definitely. I suppose they want to sort of scope it out before. Yeah, they don't want to do iPad in new, yeah. new markets. Because, I mean, if they get there, and there's, I suppose they'll probably sell more tickets than TNA have done, though. So. <laughs> I mean, if it was an impact tape, and they didn't sell any. So <laughs> I'm sure it'd be an improvement on, on that. And, yeah, I suppose, I mean, the... The schedule is looking, you know, quite full now, isn't really it? Really packed. I mean, yeah, TJP said that. Um, even even until the end of the year. I mean, there's just. I mean, we've got two November the fifth and sixth, and then we've got Gloria Bayana, and then there's um, a couple of others, isn't there? Obviously, uh, got Final Battle as well. So yeah, I mean, um, I remember during the summer when I was talking to you, Stephen, we were saying about how there's sort of no shows sort of going on. It all went quiet, and now it's sort of picked up. Yeah, out of so nowhere. We have a month ago. Sorry, go on. They have seven shows from now until uh, the end of the year. Oh, seven? Huh. Well, yeah, I mean, up until a couple of months ago, they, uh, there wasn't... There was just, like, literally Final Battle and... Glory Barna, I think, wasn't it? Slow and, of the Fittest as well. Yeah, and yeah. one of the TV tapings. So, yeah. I suppose, obviously, they couldn't really announce much when the, you know, the takeover had just happened and they were getting everything sorted. But I know a lot of people were getting frustrated about... Yeah, yeah we got a lot of tweets, you know, when is Ring of Honor coming to, mm, when are you going to uh, add more shows on the um, yeah. uh, calendar and things. So it's good, yeah, right. it's definitely a good thing they've got all these shows coming up. Yeah, if anything, they've got too many now, because people who want to buy DVD are going to have a tough time buying them, <laughs> it's going to be so expensive. Um, is that is that it? Anything else we'd like to cover? Um, no, I can't think of anything. Okay, uh, we'd like to thank you once again for listening, and as fair, we didn't actually say last week, but yeah, thanks if you listened to last week's episode with TJP as well. If you missed that one, um, it was a great interview, we chat with uh, TJ Perkins, uh, I think it was over an hour, we talked about, you know, all of his career, all of his travels, and he shared some great stories, so if you did miss last week's, head back, uh, look on, our, on the iTunes archive or on the website, and you'll find it on there. We're going to try and have more exclusive interviews with uh, Ring of Honor wrestlers on in the future, so look out for those on the website. Uh, thank you once again for listening. If you'd like to leave any feedback on the show, perhaps something you liked or didn't like, just write a comment on the podcast post on the website or send us an email to contact at You can tweet us at roh underscore world or simply write a message on our Facebook wall, which is facebook.com slash rohworld. Thanks to Stephen and John for joining me. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. And we will see you all next week when we talk about the latest Ring of Honor news, the TV show, 
and all the topics and questions you sent in. Thank you. Um, in the future, we're going to try and have more guests on because uh, last week's was such a success. And, uh, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Success. <laughs> it's falling apart again. I am. I am. I did retire. <laughs> I've had some TNA with Lagana. <laughs> TNAworld.com coming soon. <laughs> okay.